Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey everybody, welcome to the show today. It's How To Tuesday on the Tom Rowland Podcast, brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee. We are going to talk about something that I know a lot of you like to do, and that is wade fishing. I have the man, Chris Bush from Speckled Truth. He's going to talk to us about wade fishing, good practices for wade fishing. Chris, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, Tom. Hey, I'm, I'm well, man. Uh, first off, thanks again uh, for having me on here just to talk a little bit about Absolutely. really my passion, which is wade fishing for um big speckled trout yeah what do what do most people have uh what are, what are they doing wrong when they're when they're getting started or what do you normally tell people what are the questions that people have for, about wade yeah. fishing or how can you help us to be better yeah absolutely so i think it really starts with gear and equipment right and so having the right gear and equipment in anything i think uh is important right for an, a successful endeavor and so having the right gear. And, and so now we're in the throes of winter and winter wading here in the, in the state of Texas for big speckled trout is, is really, really our bread and butter. This is what we love to do. We can't wait for this time of year. And so having the right gear, the right waders, the right wading boots, the right, you know, um, uh, outer shell jackets, right. Gore-Tex. And, and so, you know, not sponsored by them, admittedly, uh, but Sims, Sims makes great quality products. And I know many other, you know, brand manufacturers do as well, you know, Grundins to, to Frog Togs, whatever, right? But I'm partial to Sims. I've had them for quite some time. Uh, I have the Sims, I have a little bit dated, uh, the G3 waders, um, but I also have their Sims flat sneakers, uh, as well as a Sims guide jacket. Just really those three things alone will help you kind of get through a winter wading season uh, in some pretty favorable water temps, right? As long as it doesn't dip into the 40s, um, you can kind of get away with some of that. But staying in those you know, low 50s to even 60 degree water temps is really ideal. The Sims flat sneakers help you 
with waiting long distances. Uh, they don't put a lot of burden on your feet. Uh, they don't, you know, you can, you have a little bit more endurance and, and sometimes that is the name of the game. Winter waiting is, is kind of waiting for that bite to develop throughout the course of the day, right? Staying in an area or staying, you know, close to a pocket or, or, or on a flat and kind of letting that bait pull up and letting that bite develop and, and having the right gear and having, uh, really just the things, the tools that you need can kind of help, you know, again, um, you'd be successful on water. Right. What about, um, looking for these fish where, where, where you're going to find them and being able to, to, to use your, you know, when you're waiting, you're able to kind of feel the bottom and, and what, what are you yeah. looking for when you're kind of in water that you can't necessarily see? It's not maybe the crystal clearest water. What are you looking for that tells you that fish are there? And that's the great part about wading fishing, Tom, is, is the ability to kind of feel that connection with the environment, right? You're standing in the environment, you're surrounded by it, right? So really walking uh, on flats, um, you can feel the bottom texture and the differences in bottom texture from shell to mud to maybe sand, a little grass, maybe a, a sand mud mix or a little sand shell mix. You can feel that crunch that, you know, and it's really those subtleties sometimes that can kind of help you dictate whether, you know, maybe pattern those fish and maybe what they're holding to. Maybe they're, they, maybe they're on kind of a, an edge where maybe some hard shell meets that kind of sand shell mix. And, and you can kind of feel that through the course of the day, kind of helping that bite develop. But uh, you can also too standing in the water, right? You can also feel some water temperature changes just by kind of walking through the water um, even though it isn't cold, you can just feel that little difference in water temp uh, on your waders and water height and levels, right? So maybe I'm in that kind of knee deep water and I'm walking this flat and all of a sudden I know, a, I notice a slight depression where I was knee deep. Maybe I'm slightly over knee or kind of more towards that thigh and all of a sudden I got a hit. And so what you do is you kind of make a mental map in your, in your brain of kind of, okay, this is, you know, the bottom texture that these fish are holding to. This is about the depth that they're kind of holding to. And to some extent, you know, the water temp in which they're holding to. And, and really those three things, if you pay attention enough to that, um, that's really the name of the game that can help you be more consistent in kind of understanding a bite and how it's developing. Uh, and then just overall, just, you know, being a better angler and targeting those fish. Yeah. So what everybody wants to know is when you're waiting, how do you catch the dirty 30? That's what you're known for. The 30 inch trout. The, that's the, that's the thing. What's the secret? What are you looking for when you're, is there, is there a trick to catching them when you're waiting versus catching them in a boat? Would you rather wade for the big fish? I know I've seen pictures of you catching those kind of fish, uh, out of a boat and, and waiting. But is there, are, do you prefer one over the other or is there anything you can tell us how we can catch one of those? Yeah, absolutely. I, I do. I prefer waiting, Tom. Uh, I really do. And, and the reason I say that is because it's, I don't have to worry about any other external uh, factors, right? In a boat, you have, you know, a trolling motor, you have hull slap, you have speed, um, you have height really off the water. Uh, wade fishing, as you kind of, you know, progress through a flat, and, and as you're looking for certain things, um, you can stop. You basically my two legs, my power poles, I can stop on a dime. I don't have to worry about whole slab. I, there's a little bit more stealth to it. Right. And so, 
that's, you know, those fish are conditioned. They, they've seen a lot. Uh, they're fairly old fish for their species, you know, eight to 10 years old, if you will. Um, so they've seen a lot. Um, many probably have maybe even been caught before. Right. And so the long story short there is that you kind of have to think and, and you have to do a lot of expectation management um, where mentally you kind of have to prepare yourself as if I'm, I'm going to target a fish of this size and this caliber. I'm going to have to manage my expectations that this is not an everyday thing. I've caught five in my entire life and I've been at this for a long time. Um, and many others, I mean, many other anglers that are out there have never caught one. Right. And so these are truly unicorns to some extent, but the intent there is you got to manage expectations. You have to fish with confidence. You have to fish with confidence in your abilities, your abilities to read the water. Um, but really to answer your question, approaching it, I pr far prefer to wade in, in that wade wading provides you some stealth. Um, it provides you that kind of speed. You can kind of dictate a lot of things that you can kind of take out of the equation if you are fishing out of a boat. Yeah. Nice. A lot of those tips, you know, you could, you could use those tips for wade fishing for whatever. Mostly we're talking about trout and mostly we're talking about your area where you do a lot of fishing in Texas and, and, yes, uh, in, in that coast, but you know, people wade fish for all kinds of stuff. We wade fish for redfish and trout in the state of Florida, but we're also, uh, when you were talking about the temperature change, um, that's something that when we wade for bonefish, um, we're trying to catch usually the last part of the outgoing tide and the first part of the incoming tide. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we'll do that in the summertime. And the easiest way to know that that tide has changed is the temperature immediately. You're getting that hot water. The water's been heating up on the flat as the sun's coming down. The outgoing tide is going to be warmer water. And then the incoming tide is going to be cooler water coming from, you know, usually on the Gulf of Mexico is where we are we're yeah. fishing right there. And that temperature change is you, you can feel that you would never know it in a boat. You would never know. You could put your hand in the water. You wouldn't be able to tell, but you've been waiting in that water for so long. And now there's a temperature change. And it's just like if you're in a hot room and somebody opens the door and there's nice cool air comes in, it's like, wow, you, there's no mistaking it. And yep. that can also help to really nail that tide down. Like you can then look at your watch and go, okay, I am a hundred percent sure that the tide is coming in right now. And the forecasted time for this, the closest tide station is this. And so this flat that I'm on is 15 minutes behind that other spot, right? That yeah. has been one of the ways that that temperature change has helped me to kind of really nail that tide down to the most precise that I can, that I can get it. And I would never have known that if I wasn't for waiting, if it wasn't for waiting. Um, and you guys in, in Texas, it seems like, uh, in Florida, we wade where the boat will not go anymore, right? Like <laughs> we pull ourselves aground and then we get out and wade. But I noticed as I've, I've fished in Texas uh, a little bit, and it just seems like a lot of people will use a boat to get to a place to wade that a lot of anglers there prefer the wading and probably for a lot of the reasons where you're feeling the bottom. Are there mm -hmm. any other reasons that, that someone would, would just prefer? Is it a confidence thing or, you know what I'm talking about? I saw a lot of no, guys, you know, get out, put the power pole down and then they get out and start wading. So I, I think so. Right. And I think you can be a little bit more efficient on the water wading, uh, especially with a larger group of anglers. Let's say it's you and three buddies, right. 
Um, if you've got a frat, uh, excuse me, a flat in front of you, uh, you can spread out, right. And not be on top of each other and combine to like, let's say a 21 foot bay boat, right. Or we're casting over each other. You know, you can kind of spread out, right. And, and a person can target shallow, you know, one person can target deep and kind of the other two in the middle. And so what you can find is that as you progress through that flat, uh, and waiting, you know, varying distances from each other, but if one person's consistently getting bit, okay, maybe, maybe we need to all focus our efforts up shallow, uh, today or, or out deep or vice versa. Right. And so uh, that's where I think that efficiency comes into play. And there is so much weightable water here. It's pretty much the entire Laguna Madre to some extent, um, is pretty weightable. Right. And, and so, you know, instead of being confined to a 21 foot or a 23 cat or something like that, uh, get out and weigh those flats and, and put your heads together, you know, trust each other's abilities and cover that water, be more efficient and then target that bite and then stay on them. Nice. All right, Chris, you got an awesome podcast. You got a great Thank thing you. with a speckled truth. Tell people how they can find you and get more information and listen to your podcast. Yeah. Uh, speckled truth podcast. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate it. Uh, Spe- speckled truth podcast. Uh, it's really on all podcasts and platforms. Um, and then you can also find us on our two social media platforms. We're not on everyone, uh, but really Instagram and Facebook. Uh, those are our two kind of bread and butters. It's kind of where we uh, generate and produce and publish content. And that's really all I have time for. <laughs> so uh, that's all, Tom. I, again, I really appreciate it. And thanks so much, sir. Yeah, man. Well, thanks for helping so many anglers. If you want to learn more about trout fishing, definitely check out the special speckled truth not the special truth the speckled <laughs> truth you'll learn some special truths there about catching these giant fish and uh chris man you you have your 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 program uh explain the dirty 30 program and what someone would have to do to get into that because i think that's yeah cool. absolutely uh it, it really is we we've changed a little bit about it uh i think since i've been on your podcast a couple years ago but the Dirty 30 program is really for fish over 30 inches, right? So anybody that fishes where speckled trout or spotted sea trout are available uh, in various extra worries, uh, if you catch a 30-inch fish or above, take a picture of that fish on a measuring device and then submit it through our website, thespeckledtruth.com. We have a citations uh, article on there. There's a link in there. You'll have to submit that kind of supporting documentation. And the intent there is we actually submit and, and provide you a certificate, a Dirty 30 a citation certificate with a sticker, um, as well as a state sticker of where you caught it, right? So if you're in the state of Florida and you register a Dirty 30, we're going to send you a certificate signed by all the guys at Speckled Truths. Um, and then it also has your name and in the end, the length of the trout and kind of where it was caught, general area. And then, um, yeah, we'll send you that Dirty 30 sticker. And what we always say is that you can't buy it. You got to earn it. Right. And so that's the biggest thing. And what we do with the data and the reason we're asking for folks to submit those is we study these fish, right? This is a labor of love for us. And, and we really try to understand about their habitat, right? We understand about their feeding habits. We understand how they relate to moon phase and all these different things, right? The intent there is this is a labor of love for us. And this is something we want to learn more about these special fish uh, as my good friend said, Mike McBride, he said, these fish, these dirty 30 fish are really one half of 1% of the speckled trout population. And so truly shows how special these fish are. And so the more we know about them, I feel, uh, the more we can kind of link people and anglers um, to experience potentially the catch of a dirty 30 and how 
thrilling that is. And, and as a result of that, they'll hopefully one day want to take care of it. Nice. All right. That's it. Go check out the Speckled Truth and Chris Bush. Thank you very much for all your help today. And uh, hope you all are better weighed fishermen because of it. All right. We'll see you next week. 